This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. This is an evergreen content warning. Um, This podcast talks a lot about abuse and uh, trauma and surviving from both. Uh, We talk about narcissistic abuse. So please understand that if you are not comfortable with talking about those things and your mental health openly and honestly, maybe with not uh, so much polish, uh, this may not be the space for you. Also understand that uh, this ta- this podcast also tackles uh, societal issues of racism, capitalism, um, patriarchy, misogyny, whiteness. So if any of these I um, these topics trigger you, please feel free to leave this space and um, without comment and without any vitriol. Um, and that is perfectly fine for both you and I. Thank you. Hello. Welcome back. Um, today is just... Uh, I was really um, looking forward to actually talking about this topic because it's uh, something that I've seen in um, on the socials pop up a little bit, not really consistently, but every now and then I'll get something on my For You page that is uh, that hits on this. But I remember when I, I first kind of came across this in my own journey about five or six years ago. And at the time, I was working on posts for my blog and I'm pretty sure I, when I had to rebuild the webs my website uh, a few months ago I'm pretty sure I got this blog post back up there um, I'll have to double check I'm not um, I, I'm I, yeah I'm not sure offhand but I, I think I put it up there um, and if not I will find it and put it back up but this was um, so about five yeah about five maybe six years ago, I think it's closer to six now, I was doing um, a lot of inner child work and made sense. I had a lot of childhood trauma, so I'm like going through it, going through it. But I noticed a pattern that I, as I was kind of moved through something, I was not so much triggered as a child anymore. I could tell the difference. I was coming up against things that happened to me in my teenage years. And there, there was nothing at the time even with um, the coaches I was working with, where inner teenager stuff ever came up. Um, the term never came up, the concept of how those, um, how, how the, the problems of a child are different than that of a teenager, um, how the wounds are different, how they present are different. And so I was like, you know, I was in this kind of like space where it was just me doing the work by myself. I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have any therapists at the time. It was during like a lull period. I just finished up with a coach and I was like, okay, well, this is teenager stuff. It doesn't seem like anybody really is talking about this. So I just started kind of journaling a little bit more, um, trying to re, um, regain some memory of experiences that I had as a teenager that maybe um, had a, you know, that maybe some of the stuff that I was coming up against was from there just to feel if the feelings felt the same. And what ended up happening is that the inner child stuff really, I didn't have a lot of 
mental memories. You know, I was, I was a kid. Um, a lot of the time, because my nervous system wasn't full, like really developed at all, I just, I had a lot of dissociate, I had a lot of dissociation as a child. So I just didn't have any memories um, of actual abuse. I remember recounting them later on. So I have them, that memory, but not the initial memory of any abuse, really. There was, um, it was just a feeling that kind of my, that my body remembered. But there was no actual, like, and my brain didn't remember anything. My conscious brain didn't have a memory of it. Um, even when I meditated, I really didn't have a memory of an event in, in particular. It was mostly just these were the feelings that were coming up for me when I'm doing inner child work. Inner teenage work, it was almost as if the list of memories I had were infinite. It kept going. It was always one thing. Oh, yeah, this happened. And then she did this. And uh, this was at 14. And then this happened at 17. And this, this, was, at, this was like 12, 13 years old. It was like this litany of things that I could recount with conscious memory and like, and all of the anger that I was experiencing at the time, and it was rage and it was anger, was really coming from my teenage years. The child version of me didn't have any concept really of being angry. It just It knew that it wasn't safe, but anger really wasn't a part of the situation. My teenage years, my teenage trauma, what came up for me and this is something that um, my clients have also resonated with in the, in the past with me, is that there's a lot of their anger comes from their teenage years, a lot of their rage, their, um, their issues around boundaries really comes from their teenage years. And that's because as a teenager, you, there's a shift where you... Whereas a kid, you'll go through something and maybe, yeah, maybe you might internalize it, but it's not really been repeated enough, you know, for you to have like a specific point and like, oh yeah, when I was four, that was the thing and this was what caused it and this is how, like, you can't really, inner child work is more of like, um, more nebulous than that. <clears throat> inner teenage work is so specific, I think, in some, in some cases and it also has the ability, like when you, when you go through something as a teenager, your mind now has the ability to create a story around it. So, oh, um, when you get body shamed as a, as a kid, that's one thing. You get body shamed as, an, as, as a teenager and also that defines your, that will be the defining way that you look at yourself until you do some really, really thick, heavy work around it as an adult. But from that point forward, until you decide to change how you view yourself, you're going to have that body shaming narrative in your mind. It's going to replay in your body whenever you look at yourself, whenever you, whenever anyone comments about what you look like, all of that stuff, anything that can happen to you as a child, when it happens to you as a teenager, just has a quicker turnaround as to how quickly you would integrate that into your being in a good or bad way, however, however you choose to define that for yourself. And the other thing is that you also end up coming up with a lot of coping mechanisms in your teenage years. A lot of, a lot of people I, that I've worked with, they started their, the, the drug use started in their teenage years, the smoking started in their teenage years, the drinking started in their teenage years. Like a lot of their coping mechanisms of dealing with all of these feelings that they weren't shown how to deal with as a child, now all of a sudden you have all of that. 
the ability for any narrative that you create around a traumatic experience as a teenager also carries a lot of shame and guilt. And this, these years are really where the, um, the toxic shame really kind of comes to a head and starts to become a problem because you now have the ability to, again, create these mental narratives around whatever traumatic experiencing, traumatic experiencing experience you are having. And now you have, now you're attaching a verbal narrative to it in your mind. And that verbal narrative is going to create guilt and shame within you to justify that other person's opinion or that other person's reaction, that other person's behavior. We have some autonomy as a teenager, but not enough. And because, again, you're growing, you still need the protection of your parents and your family. Um, and in a lot of cases, we don't get that either. So that also creates feelings of anger and rage. Anger and rage are then also told socially, societally, that you're not allowed to have them, especially if you're a woman or somebody who identifies as such. We're going through uh, puberty and, sexu and your sexuality becomes an issue with how you, you know, your sexual orientation, your own sexual identification, your, your, how, how you present to the world, all of that's coming up. It is a fraught time and I think we don't give enough credit as to how many of our issues even in the context of childhood trauma how many of the things that we deal with as adults happened to us when we were teenagers when we didn't have a full understanding of what the world was about but we knew just enough to get ourselves into trouble like you know just enough for it to be a problem and then you add in the context of, I mean, I don't have this context. I, I was a teenager in a world that didn't have the internet. So there were no social media sites. There was no internet. There, it did not exist at the time for most of us. <clears throat> so, you know, a lot of my teenage trauma comes from, you know, parents, obviously, but also like billboards and TV and magazines and all of that. This time, the, the kids becoming teenagers who are teenagers now, they're getting it from their screen in their hand since they were two. How, I don't even know how that's supposed to look like. How are you supposed to work with that? Um, how do you deal with a trauma that you don't even know there's a, there was a time and a place that you, you didn't have to go through it? And... Also, how, how are you allowed to experience the internet as a, as a child or a teenager now um, with enough boundaries so that it doesn't mess with your, with your growth but in your, in, your, in your becoming of a person, but also so that you don't feel stunted and stifled because you feel like your parents are being overprotective. See, and, like the, and these are all the stories of a teenager. And I think teenage trauma really um, does define a lot of our perceptions of ourself and what we think we're capable of. Um, yeah, sure, as a child, you may have gone through some things, but it's really as a teenager that if you kind of, 
if you're going through some hard things, if you get bullied as a teenager, if you have to like re, if you have to move a lot, um, if you don't have, if your parents are really supportive for you when you were a kid, but also become a teenager and they're nowhere to be found, if they, you know your parents got divorced or, you know your your caretakers changed, um, like all of those things as a teenager are so can can imprint on you almost worse in a way than if that stuff had happened to you as a child. And I think that the 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 hardest part of like doing inner child work is when you realize that your inner teenager is still sitting there waiting, but like, oh wait, just wait. Wait till you get to me. I got some stuff. And it's usually with these very large, very heavy um, emotions that, you know, if the thing with childhood trauma is that it affects your teenagers. It, it affects how you're going to work through your teenagers. When all of a sudden you have all these brand new emotions that are coming up in you and you're not giving any, you're not given any tools as to how you're properly supposed to deal with them. And then also the, uh, uh, along with that, you, don't, you have all these big emotions, you don't know how to deal with them. And then as a teenager, you were coping with them in much more unhealthier ways. And you have to deal with the consequences of those coping mechanisms. So it becomes like this whole Pandora's box that opens up. You think inner child work is hard. Just wait till you get to inner teenage work. Because that was the first, it, that was like version 1.0 of who you are. And yes, there's a lot of glitches. There's a lot of issues. Uh, you know, it, it didn't load properly. But how do you go on to to make sure that you as an adult are not carrying those issues with you when you really didn't know better? What also becomes really hard is when the when the inner child and the inner teenager converge, and that's always fun. So you'll start off um, working on a particular topic. Like for me, it was always around body image because, you know, who you wouldn't be a millennial woman in this world if you didn't have body image issues. And anytime that comes up, there is this, there's this convergence I get with my inner child of, you know, where I was always told I was a bit heavyweight. Those are my dogs. Um, where you're told, hey, this is what your expectations of being a body are, and uh, like, you know, what an acceptable body is. And then all of a sudden you become a teenager and your body's changing on a day to day basis and you really don't know what to do about it. But you're also then given all of these images of what an acceptable body is. And it's, only, uh, it's almost always thinner than you and taller than you and more white than you and more blonde than you. And what do you do? What do you do? How do you work through that thing? Because as an adult now, I'll tell you this much, it still comes up for me. It still comes up for me all the time. And it's not about health, it's purely aesthetic. And how do you, how, how, how do I, as a person, do you, do you reconcile those two things? Is it mostly inner child work? A little bit, but really not. It's really the inner teenager that affects me here that kind of drags this inner child along. And then sometimes you do have them two separately coming at you and, you're, and you've got to deal with that work. So, I mean, it's, it's, I laugh because it's funny, but I also know that it's, when you're going through it, it freaking sucks. And inner teenager work, I think, really doesn't get enough credit as to how hard it is to do.
because mo a lot of our defining experiences, and this is not to knock childhood trauma, guys. I'm really not doing that. I'm just saying there's more to it than just childhood trauma. And this is coming from somebody who deals with childhood trauma a lot. You, that child becomes a teenager and that teenager is not well equipped to be in the world yet, but really doesn't know that. And it's really, really hard to really unravel the things that you do to compensate for a teenager that was hurt, that didn't have the tools, that wasn't prepared, that wasn't protected in a lot of cases as well, that wasn't safe. Um, I'm going to talk more about inner teenager work and especially with how I, um, how I do it with myself, how I do it with my clients. Um, I know I've gotten, I remember that blog post, but I, cause I had gotten a couple of clients just off of that one post uh, at one point and they were like, yeah, I read that. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Nobody else is talking about this. And I was like, yeah, it is coming up more now, which is helpful. Um, I think that if people hear it, like you got to hear the same thing in a different way from different people because not everyone's going to hear the same voice the same way. And my last episode talked a lot about perception versus reality and just not everyone's just going to receive you the right way. That's because you're not meant for everybody else. And that's fine too. Um, but if you're struggling with like doing some, you know, childhood work and you're just like, you know, it just doesn't feel like it's working anymore. Maybe take a look at it from the lens of, is this my inner teenager rather than my inner child? Because that might help unlock a few things for you that, um, you just, you don't have the same problems as a child as you do as a teenager. They're completely different. You walk in the world very differently. And as a teenager where you're trying to balance your own um, your own self, your, this, you know, this 1.0 version of yourself against the sheltered version that came out of, you know, the cocoon of your family, whatever kind of cocoon that was, but you did come out of it. And you're just trying to get your legs underneath you. And it's not an easy ride. It just, it just isn't. And then if you have emotionally unavailable parents on top of it, um, a, an abusive household on top of it, and you have no tools, no safety net, emotional or otherwise, the, your teenage years are going to affect you for a really long time if you don't know that that's what it is, especially if you don't know what that, that's what it is. Um, I'm going to stop there for now. I have a lot more to say about this, but, um, I'll be talking for like another hour if I go into all that. So I'm going to, I'll come back to this topic at a later point. Um, but I would love to hear from you guys. Um, you can comment in, in the, on the show page and let me know, um, where, uh, where have you noticed a difference when you do your inner work, um, where it's your inner child versus your inner teenager and how do they show up differently? I'd love to hear um, your guys' stories about that. So please um, uh, check out the show notes page and leave me a comment there. I will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe, and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most. Mm-hmm.